Hello and welcome back to the Littlest Petcast. I am your host, James, and today we are going over the episode Steamed. So, we begin on some construction workers using a crane. So they are lifting up a sign for a coffee place across the street from Littlest Pet Shop. And it is not just any coffee place. Oh, no, no, no. It is for Paristas Coffee, an addition on Littlest Pet Street. Russell says that someone should check on to see if it's up to snuff. And Blythe says that, yeah, he should do it. Russell says that he didn't mean to take the job, but he does have a 50-point checklist, with one of those points being convinced Blythe to let me check on the place. So Mrs. Tomley walks out of LPS, and Blythe congratulates her on this uh, coffee shop, and this her being one step closer to Littlest Pet Street. So they look at the sign being put up and appreciate it, and Mrs. T says that this is the best sign a medium amount of money can buy. She asks the workers to flip the switch. It does, and the sign turns on. I just love that line about <laughs> this is the best sign a medium amount of money can buy. Because this is... <laughs> it's just... Mrs. Twombly is so direct, and I love it. <laughs> I love it. So, Blythe says that that's one thing down, looks in, and sees that there's a lot more to go. So, she asks when the opening is, and Mrs. Twombly says it's tomorrow. Blythe stops and asks her about this, and Mrs. Twombly says, Did I say tomorrow? But that's tomorrow! And she brings out a calendar to look at. Oh, this this episode is so quotable. I love it. There's, like... There's a lot of, like, good, good stuff in there. Like, we get two choice lines from Mrs. Twombly right off the bat. <laughs> I can't, I'm sorry, but did I say tomorrow, but that's tomorrow? It's such a good line. Oh, but, oh, but the fun does not stop. It does not stop, because... Okay, it stops for a little bit, but then we get we get a little more fun. Uh, you'll understand that <laughs> just in just a just a second. So at the Biscuit Manor, a bird flies to the windowsill, and it has never occurred to me that I've ever had to spell or have seen the word windowsill before. Apparently, it's S I L L, which logic should dictate is the case. But with English being the fun language that it is, any possible combination of win of sill could be used there. Although I did get it right on my first try, because, like I said, logic dictates that. So, word word facts over for now. <laughs> anyway. At that window, Francois is standing by with the mirror, and Brittany is talking to him over a phone to move it higher. And so he does, and then the light from the window hits the mirror, which hits, like, a different whole set of mirrors. Which leads back to a set of chairs. Uh, Brittany's sitting in one of them, and she tells Francois, thanks, now stay still. Meanwhile, Whitney bowls 
and like she doesn't get a gutter, but she manages not to knock down any pins because her strength is so low. She shrugs and just goes back to the chair, and the Biscuit Twins celebrate the fact that they are bowling and tanning at the same time. Ugh. The, the decadence of the rich. So, so, Fisher interrupts by standing in the way of the light, and Brittany tries poking him out of the way with a stick, but Fisher says that the twins have too much time on their hands. And here's where it gets a little more fun. Which is why your mother thinks you should get jobs. The twins are confused about the second part and then the first part. So the hallway where the light is coming from that Francois is still providing flickers a little bit and their mother emerges. It looks ominous at first, but then she starts singing like Mary Poppins and it's great. <laughs> and then it gets even greater when Whitney asks, where have you been for the last three seasons? <laughs> Their mom, who gets a name actually fairly late into the episode. So I'm just going to say their mom until she gets, until the scene she gets a name. Uh, yeah, that sounds wrong. So their mom says, you mean summer, fall, and winter? I was in the east wing with a headache. <laughs> Brittany says, I guess that makes sense. And they just shrug it off. And it's amazing. <laughs> oh, this lampshade isn't so much hung as it is drawn and quartered. Uh, so, okay, also, now, are they implying that less than a year has taken place since the show began? But that literally makes no sense, like, at all. There's There's a lot of instances where we see, like, the passage of time as a thing. Like, uh, like it is said, at least six months had passed between the beginning and what's in the batter. And then there's, uh, like, Blythe being gone for part of the summer, an undefined part of the summer, mind you, at fun. And then, like, the pet expo takes time. And there's all sorts of things that, like, take a significant amount of time that, like, this doesn't, which, I mean, th there, there's a line in this episode that sort of throws this whole thing off, but, like, in, in, a, in a different way. Like, th this whole thing is, like, it, it's just... Like, the, the, the whole thing is that it's it's a meta joke on, like, Hey, we're introducing this new character. <laughs> it's like they 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 wanted to say where have you been for the last three seasons? And and they just wanna let it ride, no matter how convoluted it gets. And they're like they are clearly not trying. <laughs> they are clearly not trying, but they're letting you know they're not trying. <laughs> it's <laughs> 
It's amazing. So their mother says that she's glad that they'll be applying for jobs and start singing about building character. The twins ask her to stop singing and they say that they don't need jobs. Their mother starts singing again about character again or something and the twins are embarrassed. So at the Paristas, Russell, Pepper, and Minka are helping around the shop and Russell checks stuff off of a list. Meanwhile, Blythe is conducting an interview with Madison, and Madison says that she'll be the best employee at this button factory. Blythe informs her that this is like a parista's like coffee shop kind of deal, and Madison says she thought this was a button factory. Blythe says that they'll keep in touch and ends the interview. So why why is Madison not working at the hotel anymore? Or is she just trying to move up? Which, why a button factory? I mean, I guess that's just a quirk, but why isn't she working at the hotel anymore? Like, she basically made the, like, Paza Hotel what it is. Like, she she helped out immensely. Like, they say that in the episode. Like, like it means something. They say it like an arc has closed and Madison has found the best place for her to work or at least a field she's good at, whether or not she wants to, you know, work in a pet hotel for the rest of her life is up to her. But like she she at least found something. She's good at designing websites and to a lesser extent, interior design, because, like, she designed the website with the interior design of the hotel that they wanted to aspire to, but, I mean, there's also exterior design. It, it, like, that, but, like, design of, like, like, a, like, hotel design is, is an intricate process. Like, sure, there, there are some, like, standards, but like i'm a, i'm assuming you could just like you know take those ideas and like move them to something like apartments or even homes like Ma- madison found what she's good at e- even like her quirky self like is good at something and now like okay she might still be working at the hotel and just taking this as a side business I don't know. It's just, it's weird. Cause like, I don't know. Like season four has a lot of like, you know, stuff going into it where it, it seems like it's heading somewhere. And like this episode, like, like it's, it's like a step in the right direction for a lot of things. But then there's just Madison. who's just here. Cause like, like Matt Madison is a joke but it it seemed Madison like found something and then it just I don't know this this part just doesn't make sense to me but I, I like like every everything about uh, about this episode aside from that is 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 great and I like it 
There's, there's just that little issue. So the pets ask about this, and Blythe complains about the lack of qualified candidates. And, like, in terms of being qualified, Madison has worked three jobs that we know of. Like, she is a bit spacey, but she is she's worked at Littlest Pet Shop. She's worked maybe at a largest ever pet shop and the hotel. That's very qualified in terms of like, you know, general customer service and, you know, other talents. Like, wait, yeah, no, hold on. Back up, back up, back up. Like part part of the thing is that there's nothing built in the coffee shop. Why why not hire Madison to design that? And you know, you got you got you you furnished a hotel in like three days. Like a coffee shop, a one story coffee shop, like you could do that in, in a day based on your ideas and Madison. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> like she she's not um, Mad- Madison's like is missing a few eggs from the dozen, but she she's good at something, and she's like really qualified at something. It's uh, I don't get it. Then hmm. again, I might be somewhat hypocritical on this because like back in Snipmates, like. Like, I mentioned, like, them not bringing Emma, but, like, Ma- Madison is also a friend of Blythe's, and I didn't mention her. I thought I was forgetting something. But, like, Madison and Blythe's, like, it's not as deep as, like, her other friendships. Still, this, this show is, like, peculiar. And that's why I'm doing this podcast. And you know that if you've been listening all this time. But, I don't know. Something something about this just, like, makes the whole Jenga building fall for me. It just, like, I like, I like this episode. I like this episode. But that does not remove the weirdness factor from anything. Like or dislike something... It's still weird. You can like something that's weird, and you can dislike something that's weird, but it's still weird one way or the other. <sighs> like, okay. But, like, no, I was saying that, like... I mean, yeah, I guess I guess Blythe and Madison's relationship isn't as deep as, like, Blythe and Sue, Jasper and Young Me, or her dad, or Mrs. Twombly, or the pets, or Cora, or Emma. Like, she seemed to have gotten along better with Emma. Like, because, like, I don't know. Like, we, we know Madison, like, Blythe barely knew Madison, like, before season three. Um, hmm. I don't know. 
Blythe and Madison's relationship is is not as deep, which I guess is why I forgot about it. Oh boy, I'm. You know what? I think I've like gone on long enough. I just, I just don't know. So, back on track, Blythe asks how things are going on the pet's end, and Pepper says, "Great, we met this cat who's lived in the building for a while." So the cat is this fat orange cat and speaks with an accent that I can't really identify. It's really hard. Like, I'm sure if I was a professional linguist, I could do it. But it it's not an accent I've heard or at least heard frequently or frequently enough. It's 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 odd. But whatever. So he rolls off the table he's on and walks over and introduces himself as Fuzzy Gumbo Paws. Which might mean, like, Louisiana-ish. But, I don't know. It doesn't sound like anything I've heard. But, like, I've really only heard Louisiana-ish spoken in, like, you know, like, shows and stuff. Like... I don't know if this is if this is more authentic than like what we see in like Hollywood then I wouldn't know but it's still weird so he offers to be the pet food taster for this coffee shop and Blythe accepts and I don't know I guess to give you like an inclination as to like how he talks he says you uh like you know is paying me to sit around. In fact, you know is paying me at all. But I don't mind. He then gets up and starts tasting the wares. <laughs> so Russell says he's got more stuff to do, which telling everyone he has more stuff to do is on his checklist for some reason. And Pepper says that uh, she was up all night watching a Wacky Brothers marathon, so she's going to go and take a nap. Blythe says she's got to get back to all these applications. And Minka says that she has to do something. Anything. I can't sit still for this long. So more stuff is being set up and Sugar Sprinkles walks in. She approaches Russell and compliments the place. Russell is making a vertical structure of bones and doesn't want to be disturbed. Sugar Sprinkles asks if she can write a song. Russell says only if she can do it outside. Sugar Sprinkles thanks him and leaves. Once Russell's bone structure is complete, Fuzzy smells it, likes it, and goes for a taste. Russell uh, objects to this, but it's too late and it falls over. Fuzzy likes the taste, but Russell isn't quite liking Fuzzy. So, now we're outside, and Sugar Sprinkles uh, sings a song about Parista's coffee with her usual enthusiasm, and it's honestly a really charming song. It's like, th there's more setup being done over the course of the song. And it's really, it's really just like a charming little, like, you know, ukulele-ish song. And it's just, it's just fun and charming. And as the song ends, Mrs. Trombley, like, is outside or comes outside and is worried about the opening. She then smells something. Coffee. She wonders where it's coming from, and she finds it coming from the sign. 
a guy with a dog comes by and smells the sign and says he's going to come and visit this place once it opens with his dog. Mrs. Uh, Tomley is amazed by the power of the sign and says, maybe this is a feature they forgot to tell me about. Oh, well, this is great. I love this. We stand smart airheads here. So maybe I should make that a new hashtag. <laughs> Because, like, I had hashtag Roger for Dream Daddy 2 going for a while, but, like, I don't know. It, like, it, it didn't come up that often, and I forgot when it was applicable. But, whatever. Maybe turning We Stand Smart Airheads into something, something I could do. So, meanwhile, Blythe is looking through applications and finds that no one is qualified. So the door opens and Blythe is surprised because it's the Biscuit Twins. They say, yeah, it's us. Your sign smells great, B2Dubs. Blythe says that they don't open until tomorrow. The twins know that and say they're looking for jobs, saying you're the only people hiring in this town. I doubt that in a city of two million but I also would not put it past the Biscuits to be this lazy. <laughs> so Blythe is taken aback, but conducts the interview anyway. Uh, so she asks for their resume, and they don't know what she's talking about. Blythe clarifies it as a list of jobs previously held. The Biscuits say, oh, you mean a resume. Blythe just goes with it and just, like, says resume to make things easier. Uh, so the twins say they don't have one, and Blythe sees that as a problem. Whitney takes a paper and writes something, and she then says, I wrote your lame on a piece of paper. How's that for a resume? Blythe asks why they want this job. The twins say they don't and that their mother told them to get one. Blythe is just as confused about this. And then the twins explain, she's been living in our house all this time. It makes sense if you don't think about it too much, which I love that gusto. I love that they're taking that like, like it, it's refuge in audacity is what it is. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm in my underwear. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> like, you just, like, you walk into work just wearing underwear instead of pants, and you say that, and it's like, wh what are you going to do about it? I don't, I don't, I don't have any shame. I don't have enough shame to do something about this. Like, it's, it's that. It's like that. I just, it's like, Taking a bold but, uh, like, you know, confusing or otherwise detrimental step in order to do something. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like, do you know what you're doing? No, but I'll do it anyway. It's that. I love it. I love that this writer did that. <laughs> So then Blythe summarizes and says, you have no skills, no experience, and no abilities. Brittany says, you say that like it's a bad thing. 
The twins then leave and go home to make coffee in their own machine, like an Espressinator 9000 or something of the like. Some weird complicated name. So Fuzzy looks around at the reconstructed tower and wonders if he's tasted them. Russell urgently says yes, now please move on. Uh, Fuzzy is like, you're right, and walks off, but he comes back, picks a different bone, but I haven't tried this one, and, you know, takes it. It doesn't fall over, and Russell is relieved, but he leans on it, causing it to crash down, and him doing, like, a Lucy, an I Love Lucy, Lucille Ball wail. Like, but, you know, in Russell's voice, instead of whatever the heck that was. So, Blythe walks out and tells Mrs. Tomley that she's having trouble finding a parista. I guess, I guess that's also Refuge in Audacity, where, like, the title is also the name, and we're just sticking with the name as a thing of branding, even though it is slightly embarrassing. <laughs> so, M- Mrs. Tomley feels sorry for her, but tells Blythe that the sign emits a smell that smells like coffee. Blythe points out that it doesn't, and Mrs. Tromley gets frustrated. Mrs. Tromley walks off, and Blythe wonders what's up with Russell. Russell says that he can investigate it. Blythe tells him that, that it's dangerous up in the sign, but Russell counters with, not as dangerous as being around fuzzy gumbo paws. I've had to hide the stack of bones back with the coffee. Russell finagles his way in and sees Pepper napping. He calls out to her and then falls in spinning around the cup like it's uh like like it's one of those things where you put in coins in and it goes down. I hope you know what I'm talking about. And uh like that wakes Pepper up and Pepper tries to explain and she says, "I wasn't napping. I was cleaning the inside of the cup in my dreams." Does that count? Russell then says, no time for excuses, and explains the situation. Pepper says that she's been up there all day and didn't notice anything. Russell can't find the source of the, you know, smell, and thinks it might be something else. Pepper wonders what it could be. Like, what kind of animal can do that? A smell cat? And then Russell smells Pepper and says it's her, and then Pepper smells herself and confirms it. Russell says that she needs to recreate that smell because the fate of Parisa's coffee shop depends on it, and Pepper gulps. Blythe and Mrs. Twombly are going over applications, and Blythe says that there are no good candidates. Mrs. Twombly picked out the one that Whitney wrote on and says, I like this one. You're Alame. Sounds French. Blythe says, it says you're lame. And Mrs. Trombley says, that sounds more Russian than French. (laughs) Blythe says that it's just a mean prank pulled by the biscuits. Mrs. Trombley asks about them, and Blythe says they're the worst. But they know how to operate the Espressinator 9000, so I think I got it right. I'm pretty sure I got it right. I did have it in my notes, and I just forgot. Mrs. Trombley says that that just might be enough for her. So at the Biscuit Manor, uh, the mother, mother Biscuit, Eliza, we get her name in this scene, and her name is Eliza Fisher, no, Eliza Biscuit, says that Fisher would look good with a blue tie, and Fisher says he always wears fuchsia. 
Eliza then sings about Blue and how it brings out his eyes, and Fisher asks her to stop and says he'll wear it, and it's great. So the twins say they got the job, and uh, that they said that um, that the people hiring said that they were awesome and they love it. And Eliza says that that was great. Now don't take the job. <laughs> the twins are confused by this because they said they were awesome. We're awesome, right? Eliza says that the test was about applying. But your biscuits, you don't work. She starts singing about this, but the twins stop and say that they won't, even though they said that we were awesome. <laughs> So even though she has this Mary Poppins vibe going, she's just as bad as the rest of them. She's essentially neoliberal Mary Poppins. <laughs> she is oh boy, that's that is that is a that is a horrible a horrible thing to do. Like right off the bat, that's horrible. <laughs> like <laughs> like okay, cause like it's it's a good writing trick though, cause like like we we still get the like juxtaposition between like the mean and nasty biscuit twins and like the cold calculating fisher biscuit to this mary poppins like figure who encourages growth but then she's not actually encouraging growth she just wants them to prove that they're better than everyone and also just doesn't care about anyone's, like, time or effort. She just wants to prove that we're rich and we're better than everyone. It's, like, like th this is, like, one of the worst things a Biscuit has done. And this is her first appearance. I don't know if you remember that, but this is her first time appearing in this show. It's weird, right? Like, you think, and you thought, maybe she's in a previous episode, but no, she's not. This is her first episode. <laughs> she's, she is secret neoliberal Mary Poppins mom. <laughs> and it's great. <laughs> but, like, you get that juxtaposition between, like, the known evil and this unknown seemingly nice presence and then you're hit with something that's just raw evil <laughs> it's great although i will say i love how the twins are responding well to positive reinforcement though i love how the twins are responding well to positive reinforcement instead of Instead of this, which is horrifying on on every level, I don't I don't see how anyone can think that this is like good or even neutral. This is terrible. So Russell is with Pepper who uh they're trying to get Pepper to recreate the scent. Pepper thinks she has it, but she doesn't. Russell guesses it's gym socks. But Pepper says it's moldy taco. Blythe asks Russell how things are coming along with the sign. Russell says that it's not the sign, it's Pepper. Blythe asks her to do it again, and Pepper says sure, and Blythe says she's got some other stuff to work on. Russell begs Pepper to make the scent. And it's very nerve-wracking. So, 
The biscuits walk in and Mrs. Trombley rushes them through orientation. She tells them to wash their hands before returning to work and be nice with your fellow paristas. That's you two. <laughs> Which, oh, this this entire scene is great, but I love that little bit. Where just be nice to your fellow paristas. Just be nice to each other. It's great. She then rushes over to the machine and gives them an order for practice. And the order is a double, triple, double, double, triple, triple, double, triple, I think. Something to that effect. I I wasn't going to rewind that scene like five or six times to get the number of doubles and triples right. Or the order. But it's something like double, triple, double, double, triple, triple, double, triple, something. The biscuits inform her that they can't work there. And they say, we're not secretly sad about nailing the job interview and stuff. And then Blythe calls out to Fuzzy Gumbo Paws, who uh, is in the back, makes the coffee grounds fly over by getting one of the dog treats and stuff. So the next day, Blythe and Russell are up by the sign to help Pepper. Pepper says she can't remember how she did it, Fuzzy comes up and offers to help. He says he saw this pole cat climb in here. And they ask what happened next. Fuzzy says that he spotted another cat with a mini bass fiddle. That's his words, not mine. Start singing. Blythe and Russell gather up sugar sprinkles and explains what happened. So uh, they say that like sugar sprinkles uh, like sang a song that, like, helped Pepper fall asleep and create a coffee scent. So Sugar Sprinkles says that she's impressed by this, and Blythe reinforces that, yeah, you're really impressive. Blythe asks her to do that again. So Sugar Sprinkles sings a different song, and Blythe checks on Pepper, and Pepper says nothing to report. Russell asks if that's the right song. Sugar Sprinkles says she's not sure. She was just kind of jamming yesterday, you know? Russell snaps and asks what we're going to do. So Fuzzy comes up and says, you'll need me. Sugar Sprinkles remembers that she was really feeling his kitty vibes and got inspired. Blythe invites her to do it again. Sugar Sprinkles rubs Fuzzy Gumbo Paws on his belly and then gets inspired once again. She sings the song from yesterday, Pepper falls asleep, and the coffee scent is a go. Fuzzy says he has two jobs now. So the guy from yesterday smells the scent and points it out to everyone. So now they're all coming. But now we have another problem. In the store, there's a line, and Madison is at the helm but is having difficulty keeping up. Blythe says that she believes in Madison even though she wasn't her first choice. Madison says she's been training all week to make buttons. Meanwhile, the biscuits are in line and are getting frustrated, saying that it would be faster to just go and make it themselves. So they do, because that's how they think lines work. But anyway, uh, Blythe is impressed and wants to hire them. The biscuits say they won't, but maybe they will just for today, just to prove how awesome you said we were. So they begin taking orders. So outside, in in their limo, the biscuit parents are wondering what is happening to their daughters. 
Eliza starts singing about how much she loves their brew, and Fisher stops her, but agrees and calls her his love. They go so well together. It's it's a seemingly odd couple, but you can tell they both love each other and hate poor people. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> so this scene is great, and it's another step in the right direction for the Biscuit Redemption arc. But I still feel like more could have been done. But I also think we're at the point where they're, they're just running out of time or have ran out of time and just need to, like, do stuff as they need to. It's... I don't know. It, like... Hmm... It's it's weird. Like like it's great, but I think I think more could have been done and I'll explain that uh at a later point. So we're just going to stick another pin in that. Get get used to me sticking pins in things cuz okay, look. I'm not I'm not going to be that or around the bush right now. So there, there's just going to be a lot to discuss in the final episode. And there's a lot here that I want to discuss, but I can't without going into the final episode a little bit. And there's just like, I don't, I don't want to ruin that for you. And I don't want to like, like go off like assumptions. Cause I had a few assumptions about this episode that didn't pan out. But that's just because, like, it's from what I remembered, not from what the show is. So that's why I watch it and take notes and stuff. So, like, whatever pens, like, are going to be here, they're going to be discussed in the final episode at some point. So, there. I got that out of the way. So let's continue. So Blythe walks out and congratulates Mrs. Trombley on a grand opening well done. Mrs. Trombley says that Blythe is a shining star of optimism and she helps her and she loves her for it and the two hug and this is a great scene but where was this during Snipmates where it could be applicable? You know, where like Blythe has a design in an exclusive clothing shop and Blythe only thinks to bring her usual pet friends and sugar sprinkles. It's, I don't know. Like, like I said, there, like this show got like cut off, like in the process of building up this like big, big old thing. And it's just, it it results in some oddities, such as this. And, you know, the thing I want to discuss at a later time. Uh, Mrs. Trombley walks back inside. Russell asks Blythe how long Pepper has to sleep in there. Blythe says it'll be a few hours. And once word of mouth hits, she won't need to be up there. Because, you know, people will say it's just good. 
and they don't need a smell to generate customers. But until then, we pan back to Sugar Sprinkles and Fuzzy Gumbo Paws jamming out. Fuzzy is dancing and he falls over, loses his hat, but someone puts money into it. So does this mystery person understand Sugar Sprinkles is singing or they are, or are they just impressed with a dancing cat and a cat that can play the ukulele? Also, why aren't more people impressed that a cat can play the ukulele? Or maybe this is someone who understands Sugar Sprinkles. Maybe we found a mysterious second person that can understand animals. And we don't see them very well, but we do see them just hand some money over to Fuzzy Gumbo Paws, who finally gets paid. <laughs> and there it is. So overall, I I like this episode. It just has some, like, it has some pitfalls, but it avoids a very big pitfall that, like, I thought it was going into go into when rewatching it, which was, like, that, like, Russell would yell at Fuzzy Gumbo Paws to the point where he would just leave and they have to come back and get him, and, you know, Russell has to do a big extended apology. But no, they just, like, Russell is frustrated with Fuzzy Gumbo Paws and his constant, you know, disruption of things. But he he's not he doesn't take his anger out to the extent that he would have used to. I guess that's what being in a groundhog day time loop does to you. It gets rid of your mean nastiness. And you know, at the end of that episode, Russell says he'll try harder to be understanding. And like even though Russell is frustrated, he's not he's not like completely irate about it and like it has some good twists it's very funny very clever and it has like a great it has great moments about positive reinforcement and how you should encourage like people to do things not like like disencourage them to not do things it's weird because like because like we see the biscuits are getting better and like we see that like through positive reinforcement they're n- nicer people than they usually are and like Mrs. Tomley has that thing at the end where like she thanks Blythe for all that she's done for her and you know like Russell doesn't like yell to the point of like driving fuzzy gumbo paws away and like even though he's like high strung about everything like he still like figures he still figures everything out like in a in a calm way there there's a lot of good stuff about positive reinforcement in this uh and yeah overall like it's it's an enjoyable episode i think like if you were to watch it you'd say yeah that's a good time it's i mean it's it's not my, it's not like 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 great but it's it's still good it's still like fun i could i could watch this babysitting some kids or something you know something like that 
So that will be it for this episode of the Littlest Petcast. Be sure to leave your comments and reviews on Shout Engine, on Apple Podcasts, on the Google Play Store, and wherever else RSS feeds go. When they had a headache since summer and are now just coming out of the East Wing. And be sure to tune in next time for the episode Two Peas in a Podcast. I will see you then.